So we're halfway through. Today is week three in our series on prayer, Thy Will Be Done. And it's interesting because uh, this is week three. Uh, We're on the 15th here, just halfway done in your journal. And I pray that you are on a journey to not only know more about prayer, but also to practice more of prayer. And I've really been burdened by this that we're really trying to learn how to walk with God more than just learning about prayer. It's really very fascinating because in the Greek uh, culture, to know something is sort of like looking at the lid of a Snapple. You know, when you pull off, anybody else drink Snapple here at all? Okay, well, you pull it off. My son Silas is always like, give me the lid. He's always wanting to know a little bit more, know something you didn't know. And in Greek culture, to be enlightened, to know something is to have acquired that information. In the Hebrew culture, to know a thing was a little bit more organic. It was to practice something you know. So in other words, there's more emphasis when you say, I know something, it would be that you would put what you know into practice. And I'm praying that that's, that we are not just growing and knowing more about prayer, but we'll also practice this more. And so first week we talked about what prayer is, the basics of what is prayer. And then last week we talked about the pursuit of prayer. And the pursuit of prayer is really the pursuit of God, of having a relationship with God for his glory. And today we're gonna talk about the practice of prayer. The next week we're gonna talk about the purpose of prayer And then in two weeks, we're going to talk about the power of prayer. I have this question for you. Do you want to grow up? Do you want to grow in your relationship with the Lord? I was reading in Ephesians this past week, chapter 4, where Paul is trying to encourage the church to, to grow in the unity of Christ, around Christ. And that we grow and we mature in the Lord. And I am praying for you that you will grow. Because the great lie you might have given up because of failure or sin, mistakes, whatever it is. And that you are discouraged or that you uh, have believed the lie and given up. And I want to challenge you today and I'm here to challenge you that your destiny is to be more like Jesus. That is your destiny. And I want to encourage you to grow in the Lord. So in Ephesians 4, verse 14, I read this week, so that you may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried away by every wind of doctrine. Just like, man, last person talk, I'm just whatever. Yeah, I'm just kind of tossed and thrown. And by human cunning or by craftiness in deceitful schemes. And I'm just praying that we will grow. Because here's the one thing I'm learning. If you haven't grown in years, and some of you might have been coming here to church for 20 or 30 years and you have not grown, to me that shows me that first of all, coming to church is not enough. Surviving all week on just one hour of being together, even if you go to a small group, two, three hours, 
it's not enough. And this is what I'm trying to encourage you in, is for you to develop your own personal walk with the Lord, walking with God. Most of you will forget, 90, research shows this, 95% of everything I say by Wednesday. Now, some of you might choose to forget everything I've said by 1.30, possibly. I don't know. But this is what I'm trying to say to you. It's important for us to move beyond just listening about God. We need to turn our hearts towards him and walk with him. And that's what I'm trying to challenge us in, in all of this. The Navy created, some of you could speak on this so much better than I could. I'm thinking about Mark Garris and a few other Navy guys here in our church. There's a thing called the Aegis Radar Defense System. Now, the Aegis Radar Defense System was created, I believe, in the 60s. Fascinating. It's this integration of technologies whereby... A defense system can be established, and it, its range is 115 miles in every direction. And just for you sitting at home here, that's, a, that's west of Maryville, east of Lima, Ohio, north of Kalamazoo, and south of Indianapolis. And it can detect up to 100 incoming attacks in a second. If anything, or torpedo, and we're talking about under below surface, in the sky, planes, missiles, everything. A hundred at one time. Not only can it detect it to tell you, hey, we're in trouble, but it also can put up a defense where it will fire missiles and they're shooting bullets out of the sky with bullets. Fascinating. The amount of technology that's in this. It's interesting because the word Aegis, it sounds pretty fascinating. The word Aegis means this, and it's, a, it's, it's, its origins are found in these words. It's a realm or reach of authority, influence, protection, responsibility, and advocacy. So this is why they chose this word for this defense system. Now I want to ask you, what's your realm or reach of authority? How much influence do you have? How much protection can you, divide, can you come up with in a fallen and even evil world? What all is your responsibility and what is it you're advocating for? And the reason I bring this up is because I believe that we are pay, playing tiddlywinks and the devil is playing for keeps. We live in a fallen world where there is lostness and evil and every corruption and there is both the temptation and the distraction that keeps us from keeping first things first. And I want to challenge you to be a person of prayer, to grow up. I would encourage you, specifically dads today, we live in a fallen world. You need to pray for these things, for the influence, for the protection, for the responsibility of what God can do in your marriage. Because Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's, 
It's real, y'all. This is real. What's happening in the world and what's happening in your generation? You guys can tell me more than I can tell you about what's going on in your culture, on the internet, on your phones. The, the, the constant drive and draw towards the things that destroy us. And you need, we need, especially dads, we need to pray for our marriages. We need to pray for our kids. We need to walk with God. And it's not just defense, but it's also to pray with power. I'm going to talk about that in two weeks, all right? But it's also to pray for power that God would have his way. So today I want to talk in the moments, I am speed preaching today. As fast, I mean, I, I'm trying to pull out my West Virginia uh, talking that I used to do, by the way. Y'all wouldn't be able to understand me when I did that. But I'm trying to share with you, because it's so interesting. It's like, we did this, this uh, sermon series on prayer. It's like, five weeks? Really? We're just going to do this in five weeks? Uh, yes, we are. But the, the thing is, it's like, hey, let's do a five-week sermon series on the Bible. Think we'll be able to pack that in? You know, it's like, how do we do this in five weeks about prayer? So today we want to talk about the practice of prayer. Here's the first thing that we're talking about really establishing ourselves. Last week we talked about pursuing God and walking with God. Here's the thing that I'm trying to remind us all of. And that is we have to, we have to be, take the initiative. We have to be a people that prepare to pray. We have to be very much, like we have to be, take that initiative to do this. And the first thing I would say as we prepare, as you think about this, is we have to set prayer apart. We have to schedule it. I, I would encourage you something that I have done in my life, and that is I turn my radio off when I get in my car when I'm driving to the church, and I've tried to turn my drive time into prayer time. But you have a different life. You have different circumstances. And I would encourage you, whatever it is, to set prayer apart. Schedule it. The more you pray, the more you'll want to pray. Uh, I read a pastor. I don't, I don't know who said this. It's an old saying. But prayer is the chief exercise of faith. Spending time with God. Praying and seeking him. Set prayer apart. And I would encourage you to do this. Now, we've talked about how I'd encourage you to at least three times a day spend some time in prayer. One of those with the journal, with the, uh, with the prayer journal that we gave you. But I would encourage you even more than that to, to do it. And, and I do, I mean, I'm just saying to you, be, not be silly about it, but just do something different about it. Like, for example, set your alarm on your, on your phone for like 917 or something, some odd thing that when, you, when you're at, at that point in your day, that that would work. Uh, something like that that would help you to set your time apart. Here's the second thing. Learn to withdraw. And I want to challenge you to do that. Um, I would encourage you, there's two sides to this. One is, some of you live such busy lives, and by the way, there's a book called Too Busy Not to Pray. So if that's you, like, man, I'm just so busy. I just can't find the time. Well, you're too busy not to pray. Your life, you have enough going on to where you need to withdraw. You need the Lord desperately if you're very busy. And uh, I, I, I want to challenge you 
the only way, time is fleeting. Time is hard. You got, especially you parents, you got kids, you got jobs, you got family, you got all these things. I would just encourage you, you know, you got to turn it off. You just got to turn it off. You got to make it a priority. And, and, and when you do that, I think there's a part of that that's like, you've got to withdraw. Solitude is the only way that you're going to capture time. That's the only way you can capture time. Solitude. You got to plan it. You got to get alone. You got to withdraw. You got to turn that phone off. You got to turn that TV off. Turn that radio off. Get away. Spend some time with the Lord. Here's the other thing. There are many of you that have a good solitude. You get by yourself. Maybe you have a work environment. Some of you maybe who farm might have as you're working enough time on your own. Or maybe your job is like that where you have enough time. I want to encourage you to inject God into your work. Inject God, a conversation with him. Spend some time with him. Be more uh, proactive and do that. So place and, and, and priority. Now, some of you don't know where that is. I mean, for me, it's in my office. I also take prayer walks. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But that, that leads to my next point, which is a posture of prayer. In other words, sometimes in my office, there's a lot of distractions, stuff like that. It's good for me to take a walk. It's good for me to walk around the building. And then it reminds me, there's certain things that remind me, there are leadings as I walk. But it's important that we have a posture of prayer. And there are a lot of different postures. I mean, I can think about kneeling or standing, uh, close your eyes, look to the heavens, uh, kneeling down, walking, bowing, laying prostrate, lifting your hands up. All of those different postures are important. And I would encourage you, whatever it is, to turn your heart towards the Lord and spend time with him. And anytime you can, pray out loud. I do that. I am sure that there are some staff and possibly some people who have been by me who think I'm a little nutty because they see me outside walking. And I will just speak out loud. Don Finto taught me to do that. And so I would encourage you, when you do this, to spend time. For example, one of the things I do to break the monotony is do prayer walks. I just go walking, and I do that. And by the way, I am keeping my eyes closed. I don't do this as I'm walking because I'll, you know, I, 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 you know, it's very important that we learn that part of it is our posture before the Lord is to humbly come before him. But I would encourage you to be more, take that initiative Here's the thing for practicing prayer. Here's the first thing. Pray the word. Now, I mean two things by that. Uh, this is a great place to start. <clears throat> what joy just to know the word of God and to pray the word of God back to him. In fact, you will probably notice sometimes when I pray, you realize that I am literally plagiarizing the Bible. Like, for example, when you hear me at the end of the service sometimes, I go back to certain ones. There are things that capture my heart, and I love them. It's just Ephesians 3, um, 14 through 21, which is you can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. You know, and you'll hear me pray those little words. Sometimes, Lord, you know, like, where can we go from your presence? Where can we flee? So I, that's Psalm 139. So I, I'll say, Lord, you are great. You're everywhere all the time. And I just want to encourage you, yes, praying the word. And by the way, I also, I didn't, again, get your bulletin, um, get the notes out, okay? So I know I'm a little being a little demanding here today, but... Uh, you know, today I gave you these notes, and 
I had some other helps that I wanted to give you. And you will notice in that black box there on the second page, a few examples of praying scripture. And so I, I put those down for you. Uh, Lord, show me your glory. That's Exodus 33, verse 18. Turn my eyes from worthless things. Show me a sign of your goodness. Let no sin rule over me. You are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. And those are scriptures. And, and that, and as you read the Bibles, if you read something and you go, oh man, Lord, I needed that. Just say, Lord, I want that to be true in my life. Would you please show me what it is? Ephesians 2, 10, to be a masterpiece, to be your workmanship. Lord, make me into what I need to be. You know, when you're reading scripture, and then it also, I wanna encourage you to pray biblically. Now, I put on that same page right there, I put these two acronyms that you guys, I'm not gonna go through them again. I've talked about these in the past, but part of why this is the ACTS acronym, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication, is because this is a normal pattern that you read when you read in the Bible. In other words, when you walk in a room and you walk up to somebody, you don't normally just walk up to them and go, can I have your pen, please? I mean, normally you would at least say, hey, Amanda, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Acknowledge them. Well, that's the adoration. We begin our prayers with adoring and 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 praising and worshiping God, and then confession, and then thanksgiving, and then supplication. This is the same with P-R-A-Y, and certain people use that, and I do. I will tell you, when, from the time I learned this, I think about this when I'm praying personally. I do, I do, I think about it. It reminds me that I'm not supposed to start with supplication. You know, Lord, you know, sometimes you have to. Sometimes there's an emergency and say, you know, Lord, you know who we are. You know, Lord, everything. There's nothing hidden from you. And you just, I just wanted to give you this as a tool, as a resource to think about. And there's scripture references there as well for you. So pray the word, pray the word, pray biblically as well when you pray. And then here's another thing that's really important. Pray fervently. Pray the word. And when you're practicing prayer, also pray fervently. Praying should be active. It should be something that we are walking with the Lord. We are talking to God. We are trying to pray with passion in a personal way. We're not trying to learn good word prayers like that. We're trying to talk to God fervently, passionately to him. Some of I, I, I'm gonna say something. I think part of, I'm just gonna shoot straight with you how I kinda see it. I think the reason that I struggle and I see my generation struggle with prayerlessness is that we aren't desperate. We're not desperate. We, we have everything we need. God's blessed us. Unemployment rate's really low. Everything's going good. And little, we just, we just aren't desperate. And God wants to not only know, and his design for my life was to walk with the almighty God. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for other gods. Don't settle for idols in your life. 
Don't set other things up against God. I don't care if it's sports or anything. Just look to God. And as we, we pray, we're walking with him and acknowledging him, and we're also saying, God, I desperately need you. Here's the thing. If you are struggling in prayer, I want you to know these five. Here's the five things. If you are sitting here today and you're like, man, Johnny, uh, I, my faith is cold and my prayers are, and I'm just really struggling. I just wanted to say these, I want to say these five things to you. First thing, if you're struggling in your prayer life, the first thing is this. Recall God's past grace in your life. I put this first because when my faith is ebbing low and I'm not even sure why, remembering how God has been faithful it, in the past, it primes my faith engine to trust God in the future. So I encourage you, this is very much maybe the Old Testament, like an Ebenezer. Just recall God's goodness in your life. Here's the second thing. Stop the leak. Where is the leak in my fuel tank. If the fuel of faith is God's promises, then there is a promise that you are not believing in your life. And so are there fears, doubts, indulgent sin habits, unresolved anger, bitterness, disappointment, whatever that is, find the leak. Sometimes it takes you a while to find out. But I would encourage you to find the leak and then pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. Lord, help my unbelief. Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So I would encourage you, say, Lord, help my unbelief. I want to walk with you. And in these circumstances, it's hard for me. See, some of you are sitting here right now and saying, in your head, Johnny, yeah, you're a pastor. It's easy for you to pray. You get paid to do that for a living. I have another job. I have other circumstances. I have other family. And it's not easy for me to do this. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell over your life. Stop the leak. Go to the Lord. You know what? This is what we were talking about the first day. Everybody here. Everybody here struggles. This is why I talked about the Aegis defense system. Everybody here, we all have that in common. We are in over our heads. We just don't know it sometimes. And so I would challenge you. Pray that prayer. Lord, help my unbelief. Here's the fourth thing. Fuel your faith engine with promises. And if you don't have one of those even those little books, I know this seems trivial to some of you and you think it's silly, if you don't have one of those little books called uh, God's Promises for Every Occasion, Google it. Google that. God's Promises for Every Occasion. And then look at those categories and find those promises and inject those promises into your faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I would encourage you to fan that. And that's the fifth thing. Fan your faith with resources. And that's why I put in this bulletin not only those, those prayers, but also looking on the back, like for example, how do we pray? Look on the back of that, how do we pray? We pray through Jesus Christ, and then I put scriptures there, in the name of Jesus, by the way of the Holy Spirit, in fear and reverence to the Lord. I put that on the back so that you would be equipped 
to know how it is that you can pray. Here's the sixth thing. Pray specifically. I'm gonna talk about this in two weeks. Vagueness can be the death of prayer. Lord, just help all the people. And, you know, Lord, it's gonna be a, it's a hard day. Help me at work. Be specific. Say, Lord, I'm gonna drive there today and I get so distracted. Today, Lord, when I come, Lord, I always struggle forgetting you. Right after I get there and I go into these meetings, Lord, I always forget you. Lord, would you help me when I'm sitting there? Lord, would you give me strength? You know, be specific in your prayers. Pray specifically. And then lastly, pray for and with others. Prayer is meant to knit together the children of God. And often, people have never even, aren't connected in this way. So some of you might have predicted, but we had decided prior to this, when we got together to talk about this, one of the things we talked about is, we're not just gonna talk about this. We're gonna do it. And so I am doing the least seeker-sensitive thing in the world today. We are going to do it again. We are going to pray together. I do not want this to be a miserable experience. Don't believe the lie from the devil that I'm doing this just to make you unhappy. I am not. I am trying for us to be a community. I would love for us to know each other, but also really be praying for each other. So I'm gonna ask you to break up into groups of three, no more than four, and I want you to pray for one another. This may be very intimidating for some of you, and I don't want to, to offend anybody in this, but I do want us to be resourced. So I'd like for us to just make, clump up into groups, small groups. After we do that, I want you to make sure you know each other. Make sure that you introduce yourself to each other. After you do that, then I want you to join hands and pray, and I'll kind of move us along. And then I have one more thing I wanna share with you. I'll close this, when you hear me praying, I'll finish our prayer time, and then I want you to hang out one more, there's one more thing I wanna share with you before you leave. So, all right, you may have to move from where you are, all right? And even some of you may not be able to stand up. That's good, we're just gonna join together. But for you who can be a little mobile and get with some other people, let's do it right now. Let's introduce ourselves, say good morning. Spend some time with the Lord.